Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for December 11, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. Monday Night Raw, man, can't hate. Monday Night Raw has been cooking as of late. Don't know how you guys felt about tonight's show. I know some people still find it to be a task to sit through at three hours. But I thought tonight's show absolutely flew by, man. It really did not feel like three hours to me. And... You all know that I'm going to be upfront and honest with you every single time. It really didn't feel like three hours to me. I thought what was on the show was quality. I thought what was on the show made sense. I thought WWE did a fantastic job of just continuing to build the blocks as we head into the cold winter months, December, January, going into the Rumble, February. WWE is building and setting the foundation, putting the building blocks down, going into January. So when we get to that first Raw of January, things are going to be off and running. And I absolutely love it, man. I thought what they did tonight was really, really, really solid stuff. Great show tonight by Monday Night Raw. And, you know, I, I, I actually... I actually find it to be quite offensive when you guys ask me, am I feeling okay? You know, it actually kind of pisses me off when you guys ask me, oh, are you feeling, uh, are you feeling okay? I, 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 I don't believe th th those words are coming out of your mouth. Like, I can't like a fucking show. I mean, I, I don't... Who, who the fuck do you think you're watching? You watching Denise or you watching JD? Who are you watching? Yes, I know it's not typical of me to say a WWE show is great. This, is a, this ain't Vince McMahon anymore. This ain't Bruce Pritchard anymore. If you don't like the fucking show, then don't watch the show. Simple. Simple. But I'll tell you what. If you're not watching WWE programming, then you're missing out. Then you're missing out. I got years upon years upon years of back catalog where I have ingrained you guys with the fucking knowledge of what we used to watch. This is what we all waited for. Everybody's like, well, why do you still watch if you hate it? 
because when it gets good, I want to be there to see the ship righted. That's what I want. To see the fucking storm clouds dissipate and rays of sunshine come beaming down upon us. How can I enjoy the sunny day if I haven't sat through all the fucking miserable, shitty days? I don't get it. I actually find it to be disrespectful to what I do. Oh, you're crazy. You like the show. How, how could it be any worse than what we were getting two years ago? Fucking ridiculous. CM Punk. Now that some of the fucking chat pissed me the fuck off. CM Punk. I think we can all agree. The way he returned. The promo. That he cut. On Monday. Two weeks ago. It just wasn't it. Just wasn't it. He showed up on Friday night. This past Friday. Absolutely laid it all out. Great promo. Great promo by Punk. Did everything, said everything that he needed to say. And everything that he said should have been stated in week one. I'm home. I love you guys. Sure thing. It's not the punk we wanted back after 10 years. Clearly, clearly, he took the criticisms. Clearly, he was not going to rest until he fixed what WWE seemingly fucked up. And clearly, he might have caught wind of what we said because... I find it to be just ridiculous that basically everything that we said was in that promo. And then at the end of the promo, he's swinging an imaginary baseball bat and watching a fucking home run sail over the right field wall. I mean, what what did we say on that Monday Night Raw review two weeks ago? We're not here to watch CM CM Punk hit sacrifice bunts to move the runner over safely to second base. That's a pussy move. It's a pussy maneuver. Now CM Punk comes up and he is the Ronald Acuna of the WWE lineup. He's supposed to go out there and fucking absolutely demolish the ball. I don't really understand why everybody was like, oh, well, just give it time. Give it time, sure. That's the fucking, that is the statement and the mentality of a half-witted idiot. Give it time. They don't comprehend a return promo needs to be impactful. They don't understand that a return promo like that after 10 years is basically him stepping foot in the company for the first time. Again, 
first impressions are everything, man. Perception is key. After that, you were left disappointed. Imagine that. CM Punk returns to the company and everyone's left disappointed. He shows back up, says nothing. We got to wait till tribute to the troops this past Friday. Absolutely nailed it. WWE, this week, they left you hanging. What show is he going to be on? What show is he going to call home? And that is exactly what we got tonight. SmackDown was never an option. NXT was never an option. Monday Night Raw is the only option. Why isn't SmackDown an option? I got this question today. Well, why isn't SmackDown an option? Well, they just moved Randy Orton over there. Why do you want Randy Orton and CM Punk on the same brand when Randy Orton should have the spotlight all to himself feuding with Roman Reigns? They got LA Knight over there. AJ Styles is set to come back. Roman Reigns and the Bloodline are over there. They're doing what they need to do over there to tell the stories that they need to tell over there. And come WrestleMania season, when Cody Rhodes either wins the Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber, depending on which road he takes to get to WrestleMania and the main event against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia, Cody Rhodes will be over on SmackDown. So you can add Cody Rhodes to the list of names on SmackDown. So why would you want to move CM Punk over to SmackDown? Doesn't make sense. NXT was never an option. CM Punk, I'm sure, is going to be an influence to some of the young kids down there. CM Punk is going to give some advice to the young kids at the Performance Center. Great. Fantastic. That doesn't mean he's going to wrestle on Tuesday nights. That's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Monday Night Raw is the only option. Rollins and Punk is the direction. Why do you want to move him over to Friday nights when Monday nights needs CM Punk? And the main event of night one at WrestleMania is coming off of Monday Night Raw with Seth Rollins and CM Punk for the World's Heavyweight Championship. Very basic, very academic. The promo tonight from CM Punk basically was to reiterate that he is signing with Monday Night Raw. Rollins, I was hoping we saw Rollins tonight. I wasn't really sure what we were going to get, if they were going to give it to us. But man, oh man, WWE gave us Seth Rollins coming out as soon as CM Punk told Adam Pearce he was joining Monday Night Raw. Cue CM Punk and Seth Rollins face off tonight in the middle of the ring. I'm like, all right, let me put down my PlayStation portal. Let me pick up the remote control, raise the volume a little bit. And let's see these two guys go at it. This is what we waited for. This is what we've been asking for for the last three weeks. And Triple H was giving it to us tonight. Basically, in so many words, and we'll go over it when we get to that portion of the show. Seth Rollins basically called out CM Punk for calling WWE his home. This is not your home. This is my home. This is the home to everybody back there. For the last 10 years, you've done nothing but burn this place down to the ground. For the last 10 years, all you did was shit all over me, this company, and this locker room 
and you walked away from us, you're the traitor. This is not your home. Rollins called out CM Punk for being fake, hypocritical, and he basically told CM Punk that he doesn't believe anything he says in so many words. I love it. It's fucking fantastic. Tonight was the first night that Seth Rollins, to me, was, I don't want to say legit, but this is the first time in 2023 that I got a sense of Seth Rollins being the fucking man on this show. You know, he can carry around that world championship and put on banger matches all he wants. But the goofiness and the fucking outlandish outfits and the shit gimmick with the fucking singing. I mean, it's great. It's working for him. You know, I'm not really a big fan of all that shit. Rollins tonight shed that. He didn't ask anybody to sing his song tonight. He's out there wearing the fucking championship title around his waist. And Rollins straight to the point. No smile on his face. He stood in that ring and he took the WWE torch and stood there as the fucking man. And he, pre- and, and he basically presented himself as the number one in that ring with CM Punk. This is not your show. This is not your home. This is my fucking home. This is my show. This is my ring. And I'm the fucking world champion. You don't belong here. Tonight was the first time all year that Rollins felt like the man... And Rollins felt like he was the fucking world champion. He's been walking around with the championship all year. He's put on great matches all year. But it was in this moment where Rollins shed all that and bared his fucking heart out there, no matter what you want to say about whose promo was better, Rollins or Adam Page, which I'll get to in a second. People fucking calling other people out on social media. Plagiarism. They they plagiarize AEW. Great. People comparing promos. Who gives a shit? Both of them had a case. Both of them had a case. Adam Page had a case. Rollins had a case. The only difference is with Rollins, Rollins, you kind of knew going in, what, what, what was going to be said and what the fucking story was. With Adam Page, he didn't know what the fuck was going on because everything is just coded in, what is that? What are they talking about? Everything AEW does is shrouded in some secrecy. They think pulling out some real-life shit that they think the fans are going to pick up on because they're smart fans is going to, oh my God, what a promo. They both had a reason to cut the same promo on CM Punk. The only problem I have with that is you've seen it from Page, you've seen it from Rollins, and Rollins said the same exact thing to Cody Rhodes. So yeah, if I'm going to nitpick about something, it's the fact that WWE's got 89 riders And that's the most that they came up with. Now, granted, it makes sense. It makes complete sense in this story for Seth Rollins. But the thing that bothered me online was fans don't tend to think that 
Maybe Adam Page has the same fucking feelings and the same story regarding CM Punk. It's okay to cut the same promo. Just word it a little differently. Don't make it sound basically the same thing as to what Adam Page said. I mean, then people got down to comparing who did the better promo. You ain't touching Adam Page in that instance. Do you want to know why? And this is, this is the truth of the matter. I'm not here to compare, but I'm going to fucking shut everybody up. I don't know why you're comparing because that promo was great, just like tonight's promo was great. But if you want to know who did the most damage, Adam Page did the most damage. Adam Page did the most damage. Adam Page cut a promo on CM Punk to a point where this man went home for three months after breaking his foot to only come back, and the first promo he cut was on Adam Page, who he wasn't even in a fucking feud with. That man was left to stew at home for three months based off what Adam Page said. Adam Page was a cog in the wheel that got CM Punk fired from the company. I mean, I don't know how you compare that to Seth Rollins' promo, but at the end of the day, they were both great promos. Only in WWE in 2023, CM Punk needed to bite his tongue on this night because he can't say what he truly wants to say, like he did with Adam Page. Now, I will say this in addition to what happened tonight with Rollins and Punk. For all the people that tell me, oh, well, you're, you're an AEW shill. I hope Kenny Omega. I hope the Young Bucks. I hope everybody in AEW who didn't want to do business with CM Punk watched Rollins go out there and make them all look fucking foolish. I truly hope that they did. Rollins clearly has a disdain for CM Punk. You feel it, you see it, you hear it. Everything that I hear from Rollins in regards to CM Punk, I believe. I believe there are a lot of people in that company, a lot of people in that locker room that don't like him, and it's legit, it's genuine. The thing is, Rollins proved tonight why he is at the top, up here, and everybody else who didn't want to work with Punk is down here. Rollins tonight basically said verbatim, I hate you. I hate you. And I believe every fucking word he said. If Rollins can hate CM Punk and look CM Punk in the eye, be in the same ring with CM Punk tonight, work with him at WrestleMania, have this unbelievable feud that probably will end up being better than Cody and Roman going into WrestleMania. Make it feel legit, warranted, get the fans to be excited about WrestleMania having two tremendous main events. What did Rollins say tonight? There's levels to this shit? Rollins at this level, the the... The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Adam Page and everybody else who wanted to fucking get this guy out of there. They didn't even press start yet. Meanwhile, Seth Rollins has already beaten the game. How much money did AEW? How much money did the Elite? How much money did Tony Khan 
leave on the table by allowing CM Punk to walk. This could have been theirs. CM Punk feuding with Paige, CM Punk feuding with Omega, CM Punk feuding with the Young Bucks, CMFTR versus the Elite. Money left on the table that they will never be able to get back. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Rollins just showed you that no matter how you're feeling about somebody, I'm going to work with you. I hate you. I don't like you, but I'm going to do business with you. Why? Because I'm the fucking man. Because I am the world champion. I call this place my home. I want this place to be the very best it could be. And if that means working with someone I can't fucking stand, then I'm going to do it. How much did Seth Rollins' stock rise in this company by putting aside his differences to work with somebody that he's absolutely roasted for the last two years? Plus, I love it. It's absolutely fucking beautiful. CM Punk tonight didn't really have much of a rebuttal. A lot of people are like, well, Seth Rollins owned CM Punk tonight. Seth Rollins won CM Punk zero. That may be true. But listen to the words that CM Punk said tonight. I'm going to afford you this time only to stand there, look me in the face, and disrespect me. But I'll tell you what, Seth. You want to talk about world champion? Here's some breaking news for you. I'm entering the Royal Rumble. And when I win the Royal Rumble, for all we know, I may choose you at WrestleMania. And he left it at that. He left it at that. Punk didn't have to say anything. 
Punk basically stood on his ground and said to Rollins, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble, motherfucker, and I'm coming after you. Rollins may have tonight, but don't you think for a second that CM Punk ain't already got a promo written for Seth Rollins that will bury him six feet under. And my God, the material is there. You could go any which direction you want with CM Punk and Seth Rollins. You want to talk about him being the fucking, you know, lesser of the two between him and Becky? That comment he made about Becky Lynch wearing the pants in the family and Rollins don't? You could go that route. You can go and make fun of his character and his theme song and him not really connecting with the audience, him being a world champion. Everybody loves to see him chase, but when he's the man and at the top of the mountain, he can't seem to stand up there on his own. Maybe you want to go back a little bit further and mention that Seth Rollins is forever living in the shadow of Roman Reigns. You're always going to be a solid number two. I said on today's Extra, where I talked about Seth Rollins being a free agent in June of 2024, Rollins will forever need to live in the shadow of Roman Reigns. Meanwhile, Rollins thinks he's number one. He will never be number one in WWE. He will always be number two. And right now, though he's the world champion, he's not even number one on his own brand. Cody stole his thunder. He had a problem with that. CM Punk is here now, and CM Punk is now the most over babyface on the entire show. Which, if you look at the grand scheme of things, Punk, Cody, and then Rollins. Punk's got ammunition on that as well. You want to mention the shield? And the fact that CM Punk basically, basically was the leader of the shield. The shield owe everything to CM Punk. How did Rollins get his start? CM Punk. CM Punk had a huge hand in the shield. We might not even be looking at Seth Rollins if it wasn't for CM Punk. Man, oh man, they got so many different avenues they could go with this. So I don't want you guys to think that CM Punk remained silent because he's got a behavioral clause in his contract and he can't really say what he can say. He's got to bite his tongue. This is a volcano waiting to erupt when the time is right. He let Rollins have his moment because he knew exactly what Rollins was going to say. He already had Rollins figured out before he even walked through the fucking curtain, his theme music kit, and he walked into the ring. He knew exactly what he was going to say. CM Punk is just taking this all in, threw it at Punk, or threw it at Rollins, did Punk, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. I'm going to enter in the Royal Rumble, and I'm going to see you potentially at WrestleMania. And then we'll figure it out then. But this was great. Absolutely great stuff between Punk and Rollins. I was surprised that we actually got it, but pleasantly pleased that we got it this soon, only after three weeks. Love it. We're going to go over it. We're going to break it down. We are going to dissect what happened here. And I thought this was a great Monday Night Raw. We had a great hometown match with Johnny Gargano. 
Tommaso Ciampa and The Miz against Imperium. Bronson Reed versus Ivar. Cody Rhodes versus Shinsuke Nakamura in the main event. And the Creeds, they are building themselves a nice portfolio on Monday Night Raw, potentially getting ready to capture the WWE tag team titles away from Judgment Day. Drew McIntyre wrestled Jey Uso. All in all, a solid, solid Monday Night Raw tonight from Cleveland, Ohio. And we are going to go over it right here on Off the Script. Thank you guys very much for all your support, man. 2,600 in here. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. If you are in the live stream chat, we'd really appreciate it. Got 575 likes. We're going to need as close to 1,000 as possible. That is the goal. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out for last call at the end of the show. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. I uploaded tonight. Extra. Seth Rollins, free agent. Becky Lynch, free agent. 2024. News on Charlotte Flair. News on CM Punk. A loaded extra. Go check that out. It's all on the homepage for you if you missed today's content. Follow me on X. At JD from NY206. That's X, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Factor. I know you guys love to sit at home, be lazy just like me. And when we are gaming or when we are doing our own thing, man, we forget to take care of ourselves, honestly. That's where Factor comes in, man. Before we get into the live stream post show right here on Off The Script, we... Do I even have it here? Where is my ad? I don't have it. Maybe we don't do it. Maybe we don't do the fucking ad. I'll add it at the end of the show. Factor. Click the link in the live stream chat. Make sure you guys go and check out Factor. JD from NY50 to get 50% off your first subscription. Courtesy of the podcast, man. I want to thank them for sponsoring the show tonight right here on Off the Scripts. There you go. I saved you guys a two-minute ad for now. Let's get into the show, man. We got... Drew McIntyre and Jay Uso to open Monday Night Raw. Man, I'll say this about Jay Uso. Jay Uso's got my favorite entrance in all of WWE. It just gets you so hyped, man. Gets you so hyped. So Jay made his ring entrance. Michael Cole is talking about CM Punk, and they hyped this thing up on commentary all night. One of the most sought-after free agents in WWE history. Great. So Jay is out there. He welcomed everybody to Monday Night Raw. Yeet. He got Yeet back, by the way. WWE's lawyers worked their magic, and now Yeet is now, again, acceptable on WWE television. 
So he welcomed everybody to Monday Night Raw. He says he's also excited to have Punk back. He asked fans to say yeet if they want Punk to sign with Raw. Obviously, they said yeet. He shifted to talking about what Drew did to him last week. He said Drew isn't trying to be honest. He says he's two-faced. He said tonight he's going face-to-face to settle their differences. He also wished Sami Zayn well because Drew McIntyre put Sami Zayn on the shelf and Sami Zayn is now out storyline-wise, for several weeks. I'm sure we'll see him ready for the Royal Rumble. So Drew McIntyre, he walks out there, and he's got a microphone in hand. Drew asks Adam Pearce to hear him and trust him. He says they don't want CM Punk in that locker room. Drew McIntyre said that CM Punk will destroy this place from the inside out. Drew says he's traveled the world with CM Punk and he knows what he's like. And thus, he knows how this story ends. So clearly he was met with loud CM Punk chants. He said, Sami Zayn is at home and he had something to do with that. He said, Sami ran his mouth too much and crossed the line by bringing up his family. He said he left him with one good leg, but I'm sorry. And then he tells Jey Uso what an apology sounds like. That's what an apology sounds like. He says it wasn't perfect, but it's more than Jey is capable of. He told Cleveland to imagine if somebody hurt a family member and asked if they want revenge, especially if they never apologized. He asked fans to raise their arms. Drew found a fan in the crowd who didn't raise his arm. He asked his name. He says he's a coward who won't stand up for his family. Drew then got in the ring and made fun of Jay by doing his arm motion. Jay mocked Drew's imitation of it and said, obviously, he can't dance. Drew threw the microphone down. The referee called for the bell. We get Jay Uso and Drew McIntyre immediately here on Monday Night Raw. I'm loving Heal Drew McIntyre. I think McIntyre is just accelerating up the top of the card with his heel run. He's more vicious. He's more determined. He feels different. And I like the way he carries himself as a heel. This is a different presentation of Drew McIntyre, a refreshing take on Drew McIntyre. And I'm really enjoying what he's done so far. He's one of the bright spots of the entire show is Drew McIntyre. So, we go through two commercial breaks in this match, man. Quick commercial breaks. I don't know why we got an 18-minute match between Drew McIntyre and Jey Uso, and we have to have almost back-to-back commercial breaks within the first five minutes. So, McIntyre slingshotted Jey into the steel frame underneath the ring. Slingshot on the outside. Brutal stuff. So, we go back into the ring. Jey Uso's fighting back. Some strikes. Hits a beautiful-looking Samoan drop on Drew McIntyre. Goes for a cover. Gets a two-count. McIntyre dodged a running hip attack and hit a neck breaker on Jey Uso. McIntyre went for the Claymore, but Jey caught him with two super kicks. Jey went for an Uso splash, but McIntyre got his knees up and hit a future shock DDT for a near fall. Now, McIntyre beat Jey with the DDT a couple of weeks ago. 
And this DDT planted Jay right on top of his head. Jay kicks out. McIntyre then gets desperate. He removed the turnbuckle, uh, a, a turnbuckle pad as the referee checked on Jay Uso after the DDT because he spiked him head first. McIntyre went for the Claymore again, but Jay hit his spear for a near fall. The referee all of a sudden turns his back, grabs the turnbuckle pad, tries to fix it and put it back on. Don't know why this is a problem now. Worry about the two guys in the ring. McIntyre all of a sudden completely thumbs the eye of Jay Uso, blinds him, cheats his way to a victory. Jay Uso gets up, he can't see. McIntyre completely thumbed him in the eye. One thing led to another. Claymore kicked by McIntyre to Jay Uso. That is enough for the victory. One, two, three, and Drew McIntyre wins over Jay Uso. Now, I said for the last couple of weeks, with what is going on with the world championship title picture, I know a lot of people were like, well, it's going to be Punk versus Rollins at the Royal Rumble. That is not happening. Sam Punk said so himself tonight. So you guys can get that thought out of your head. Sam Punk is in the Royal Rumble. It will not be Punk and Rollins at the Royal Rumble. More than likely the main event of night one of WrestleMania, as it should be. McIntyre is looking like he's getting another shot at the World Championship at Seth Rollins. And I know that WWE announced tonight that on the first Raw of the new year, I believe they said tonight that McIntyre is getting a title shot against Seth Rollins. Typically, WWE likes to load up that show on the first Monday of the new year, kind of make a New Year's splash. I like it. First show of the new year, you want to make a big impact. But that doesn't mean McIntyre is out of contention come the Royal Rumble. All that means is Sami Zayn is coming back to cause the rematch at the Royal Rumble. That's just the way that I see it playing out. McIntyre, Rollins, first Raw of the new year. Sami Zayn comes back, looks for revenge. McIntyre, Rollins, rematch at the Royal Rumble. McIntyre loses, probably enters the Royal Rumble, takes out Sami Zayn, and they have a WrestleMania match, and Sami gets his revenge on McIntyre at WrestleMania. That's the way that I see that playing out. But McIntyre and Rollins is absolutely happening at the Royal Rumble, as it should. It never made sense for CM Punk and Seth Rollins for the World Championship at the Royal Rumble way too soon. I'm having Punk win the Royal Rumble. I'm having Punk go to WrestleMania by winning the Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes wins the Elimination Chamber in Australia. That would mean he doesn't have to win a Royal Rumble for a second year in a row. And we can have our... Double main event for WrestleMania already set in stone. That's the way that I would do it. Seriously. Or, or WWE could do another match at the Royal Rumble, which I don't really find to be a big fan of, find myself to be a big fan of. They could do Rollins versus McIntyre versus Sami Zayn versus Jey Uso for the World's Heavyweight Championship at the Royal Rumble. That way, you know, you could protect some of the men in that match that you want to protect, and Rollins can pin Jey Uso, 
or whatever the case may be without having to pin Sammy or having to pin Drew McIntyre because he needs to look strong or as strong as he can be going into the new year. Either way you want to do it, it's a possibility for that to happen, but I would much rather prefer Rollins-McIntyre one-on-one at the Royal Rumble. While Roman gets AJ Styles, because Roman's going to be back on SmackDown this Friday, I'm assuming we see Styles on Friday, and I'm assuming they get the wheels in motion for Rollins, McIntyre, Reigns, Styles at the Royal Rumble. That's going to be your double championship match on the undercard of the Royal Rumble. That's, that, that, that's just my prediction. So we'll see what happens with all that. But McIntyre absolutely is putting himself into contention for another title shot in the new year. Shinsuke Nakamura, he cut a promo, talked about Cody Rhodes. He said Cody's weakness is striving for the acceptance of others. He said he freed himself of that burden a long time ago. He said he now draws his own destiny and has been reborn. He said he will bring Cody's story to an end. I am the real nightmare. Always remember, you asked for this. Again, Nakamura. Loving the presentation of Nakamura, man. He sounds brutal, sounds vicious, looks great. Really good stuff there. Backstage. Finn Balor, he was scolding J.D. McFlurry. And he and Rhea Ripley leave for one week, and the wheels are falling off. J.D. McNugget, he said the wheels aren't falling off. Rhea Ripley said, R-Truth keeps breaking into our clubhouse, and they lost against the Kree brothers. What is going on here? Rhea said Dom lost his NXT North American title to Dragon Lee at deadline on Saturday night. Damian Priest said, well, that sucks that Dom lost, but people not showing up to Raw also sucks. Kind of threw it back in Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley's face that they weren't there last week. That's why they lost to the Kree brothers. And that's why Dominic lost to Dragon Lee. Priest says, well, as far as the Creeds go, They're not going to take them lightly and handle business Judgment Day style. Ripley said, saying you're the leader is easier than being a leader. Priest began to yell at Rhea Ripley. She cut him off and says it's just not him. She said she's tired of the disrespect and she wants to remind everyone that she runs raw. The seeds are being planted for the eventual split of the Judgment Day. Everybody wonders, Damian Priest still has the briefcase. What's going to happen? There's going to come a time, a place, and a situation where Damian Priest cashes that in. And he's on the shit list of everybody in the Judgment Day. How do we get back at Damian Priest? We're going to fuck his chances up of being the world champion. They will dictate how that loss happens. They will be the reason why Damian Priest fails to cash in that briefcase, which should happen before WrestleMania because that will ultimately lead to Balor versus Priest 
at WrestleMania. Everybody's wondering, well, what do you do with Damian Priest going into WrestleMania? What do you do with Balor going into WrestleMania? Easy. Whoever the recipients are of the tag team titles, which in this case may be the Creed Brothers, because WWE loves the Creeds. Damian Priest versus Finn Balor more than likely will be their WrestleMania match. Chad Gable. He was with Otis, Akira Tozawa, and Maxine Dupree, giving Maxine a pep talk because she's got a one-on-one match, unfortunately, for us fans, against Rhea Ripley. The Creeds and Ivy Nile walked in. Ivy said she'd be out there for Maxine just in case as backup. R-Truth walked in. He's carrying a string of Christmas lights. He says he's going to decorate the Judgment Day's clubhouse. Gable told him to be careful because the Judgment Day are dangerous. He says he didn't want to break his heart, but Truth, I'm not really sure that you are in the Judgment Day. Truth says he is in the group, and they are just misunderstood. So he was going to put Christmas lights up in the Judgment Day clubhouse. He walks away and says, Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. I don't think WWE realizes that our truth in these Judgment Day segments is quickly getting over, and more than likely, they're going to have to continue this because the fans are finding it to be overly entertaining. I mean, not that I have a problem with it, but the way that I see it, Judgment Day have been taken so seriously. They have basically run uh, the gambit on Monday Night Raw. This was their show. They were at the top of the fucking list. I mean, they were all over their show. Now, R-Truth gets involved. WWE's booking R-Truth in this thing, and no matter how hilarious it is, and I agree with you guys, I find it to be funny because R-Truth is just naturally and genuinely funny. He's a comedian. But I find it to be the end of days for the Judgment Day. R-Truth is going to single-handedly be the reason why the Judgment Day is no longer the top priority on Raw. You already see the cracks forming. I think it's great, but it's absolutely leading to a split and frustration within the group. That's the whole point of it. Maybe they're doing it because maybe people will be upset and the humor is to lessen the blow of the eventual breakup. I have no idea. I find it to be funny, but it's nearing the end for sure. Rhea Ripley. And Maxine Dupree. This went two minutes. This went two minutes too long. I want to be nice. I do. Genuinely, wholeheartedly, I want to be nice. Let's be real. Here's the deal. Maxine Dupree is not a pro wrestler. She's not. She's a beautiful, long-legged blonde, beautiful woman who has absolutely zero business in the fucking ring with Rhea Ripley. She's a valet. She is a manager. She is supposed to be on the outside of the ring, 
managing somebody or a group of individuals. That's what she was when she came in. That's what she should be on WWE television. In two minutes, Maxine botched every sequence of this match legitimately. If WWE wants their women's division to be taken seriously, and I know Rhea Ripley needs names to feast on, this is not it. I would rather Rhea have no matches than Maxine being in the ring with her, making her look bad. This match was one of the worst women's matches in WWE all year. Maxine is fucking terrible. She is awful. I give her credit for attempting this thing. I give her credit for bumping. I give her credit for trying to be a pro wrestler. Just give it up. Give it up. You have absolutely no business being in the ring. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. An embarrassment of epic proportions. No more. The Maxine Dupree experiment is over. She's never going to be a world champion. She's never going to be a professional wrestler. She's never going to get good at this. Stop. Stop. I don't know what we're doing here. I get everybody needs an opportunity. We've had opportunities. We've seen opportunities. And this is not it. This is not it. Rhea Ripley is one of the best women's performers in the world. You're in there with one of the best that WWE has to offer. And you looked that bad. I think it's time we call it quits. Rhea Ripley wins in an absolutely terrible match. Riptide, prism lock. Basically, Rhea Ripley, frustrated as all hell. It looked awful. She put Maxine in the prism lock. Tap out. Ivy Nile got in the ring. Odd Rhea Ripley. More than likely, Rhea's going to take out Ivy. It'll probably be better than what we got with Maxine. And then we can move on to finding Rhea real competition. I don't know what we're doing here. They're basically biting their tongue until Becky wins the Royal Rumble. And Becky and Rhea are night one WrestleMania Women's Championship on Monday Night Raw. That's where they're going. Adam Pierce, he walked up to CM Punk's locker room, knocked on the door. He had a contract in hand for the Raw brand, and CM Punk welcomed him in. CM Punk and Adam Pierce. Which brand is CM Punk going to sign with? That was the big hook for tonight's show. Adam Pierce stood in the middle of the ring, said the time for talking is over. He says he's sure the man he's about to introduce will make the right decision. He introduced him as the man that calls himself the best in the world. Out comes CM Punk. Loud CM Punk chants in Cleveland. 
He said he thought he was in a bit of a sullen mood tonight. But then he saw all those signs and heard all of these people. He says he has a huge decision to make. He says he consumed and worried all day about it because I love you guys. He said the truth is the arena that they were in tonight hasn't always historically been kind to me. He said there are a lot of ghosts back there. He points to the back. He says he debuted in this building. If you guys remember, you might not. I walked out here with Mickey James on my arm. Lucky guy. He said he debuted with Mickey James. It was so good, he went to the back and was told that they were sending him to Louisville, Kentucky to be on OVW. He says he didn't want to go, but he embraced being uncomfortable and learned to love it. He said he embraced being uncomfortable in WWE too, and he learned to love it. He said a lot of what happened is in the rearview mirror now, but 10 years ago, he had to get off the hamster wheel and had to make the hardest decision of his life. He says he doesn't regret it, but he felt bad that he didn't show up for the fans who paid to see him. So CM Punk tonight is addressing the crowd basically 10 years almost to the day in the same building that he left this place. This is also the same building in which he debuted. So, you know, I don't really believe in happenstance. Obviously, Punk back in the WWE happened for whatever reason you want it to have happen. He left AEW, he quit. You know, WWE joins AEW, he gets fired, he's back in WWE 10 years later. I mean, it's just mind-numbing to think about that this man debuted in this building, quit in this building, and now is back returning in this building. It's unbelievable when you think about it. I can't wrap my head around that. And he said, I had to leave. I had to get off the hamster wheel and make the hardest decision of his life. He had to quit. And he regrets quitting. He regrets making the decisions that he made. So after all that he said, he's basically admitting 10 years later that he regrets all of that. Does he really feel that way? I'm sure part of him really feels that way. Do you believe him? That's up to interpretation. I don't know if many people are going to believe him. A lot of people just believe he's back with a fucking paycheck. But some part of CM Punk loves pro wrestling. He loves the fans. And he wants to give the fans the very best of him, who he is, no matter what company he's working for. And he regrets doing what he did to us because fans that day paid to see him and he wasn't there. He said he meant someone who said every thing that he said. He meant someone who said he felt betrayed. He said when he saw Roddy Piper appear on WCW TV when he was young, he felt the same way and understands. He says if they're disappointed, he walked out, he understands. And I apologize. He said he listened to what Nick Aldis had to say. 
He said he put together a substantial offer on SmackDown. He said he met with Shawn Michaels, got an offer to join NXT and help the mold, help the next generation. He said Pierce has put together an offer that's head and shoulders above all those other offers. He said his mind was probably already made up when he looked at the calendar and saw Cleveland. He says he's there to bury some ghosts and right some wrongs. My future starts now. He said it was 10 years almost to the day he walked out, and now he walks right back in. He said if you're happy about it or mad about it, learn to love it. He told Pierce he's decided on Raw. He says now he is home. He shook hands with Adam Pierce, signed the contract. Fans chanted CM Punk. Punk stood in the corner. And he was embracing the crowd. And all of a sudden, Seth Rollins' music hits the PA system. Seth was wearing a purple suit. No flamboyance. No singing his song. No out there attitude for Seth Rollins. He had the world championship around his waist. CM Punk turned around. He looked at Seth Rollins. Punk was staring at him. Rollins was staring right at Punk. Dead serious look as he walked to the ring. Fans started chanting, holy shit, holy shit. When Rollins got in the ring and stared a hole right through CM Punk. Fans did sing Seth Rollins' song, but he didn't really egg them on to continue singing it. He wasn't here for the fun and games. He wasn't here to lather himself in the fucking tones of the audience. He broke the stare that he was having with CM Punk and asked for a microphone. He welcomed CM Punk to Monday Night Rollins. He says he hopes he knows how incredibly fortunate he is to be in the ring right now. So right out of the gate, Rollins is basically saying... You don't even belong here. You don't know how lucky you are to even be in this ring right now. He asked him for one thing, please, says Rollins. Don't you dare call this place your home. So we had some fans ooing and eyeing. Loud CM Punk Chan broke out. Seth says to Punk, You abandoned this place 10 years ago, and you actively tried to tear it down. He then tells Punk that he spent the last 10 years slandering him and everyone in that locker room. And then you want to walk back here and call this place your home? This is not your home. This is my home. Fans started singing Seth Rollins' song again. Punk, Stone Cold Face intently listened to what Rollins had to say. Seth said everyone in the back are his brothers and his sisters. He said he will do everything in his power to protect his home from people like him. Basically, what Hangman Page said in his promo to CM Punk before their double or nothing main event. I'm not protecting this championship from you, I'm protecting AEW and that locker room from you. Basically, mirroring what 
Adam Page said in his promo to CM Punk. Let me make one thing perfectly clear. I don't want there to be any confusion. And I know I'm a bit worked up. I want everyone to understand I'm going to say it plainly with every fiber of my being. I hate you. So right then and there, you know that Rollins and what he's saying here with Punk has just reached the next level. No matter if it's worked or shoot, the words I hate you are going to be interpreted and it's going to take everything to a next level. Do I believe Rollins hates CM Punk? He may very well hate CM Punk. I don't know what they, I don't know what they talk about off camera. I don't know if they squash their beef. I don't know. Do I think Rollins professionally doesn't want CM Punk in the company because he realizes what CM Punk is capable of? Yes. Do I think Seth Rollins appreciates CM Punk for everything that he's done for his career? Absolutely. Do I think Seth Rollins is intimidated by CM Punk being on Monday Night Raw? Yes, I do. It's exactly what the Young Bucks, it's exactly what Adam Page, Jack Perry, and everybody else who had a problem with CM Punk felt. They were intimidated by CM Punk. There was a professional jealousy to CM Punk. CM Punk came in and he was the fucking spotlight in Tony Khan's life. He was the fucking glimmer in Tony Khan's eye. Meanwhile, the Young Bucks and Adam Page and Kenny Omega, this is their baby. AEW was their baby with the backing of Tony Khan. In comes CM Punk. Tony Khan pushes the elite to the side and he offers CM Punk probably the largest contract in AEW history to come out of retirement. And he is the number one man in the entire company. Made into an EVP, though that wasn't really formally announced or confirmed by any source, but let's be real, CM Punk, he held power in the company. He was an EVP. That led to professional jealousy from all parties involved. Just add another marshmallow to the hot chocolate on top of why... Many people looked at CM Punk with disdain. There was a professional jealousy. They didn't want anything to do with him. Does Seth Rollins look at CM Punk with a professional jealousy? He's never going to admit it, but I'm sure that there's some professional jealousy. I mean, for all we know, there is. CM Punk walks onto Monday Night Raw, walks back into the WWE after 10 years when nobody thought it was fucking humanly possible ever, and he's already... He's already in discussion for a main event of WrestleMania with Rollins. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you wrap it up with a big fucking bow, right? Put it under the tree. What a gift. You take this real-life animosity with Rollins and Punk and everything that's been said between the two over the last couple of years, and you play into that and make it into a WrestleMania main event. You can't ask for anything better. You can't script anything better than that. But like I said in the beginning, it's what makes... Seth Rollins, the professional he is, when comparing 
the Elite and Adam Page and Kenny Omega and everybody else in AEW. Because no matter what Rollins feels about CM Punk, he's willing to put that aside to make WrestleMania potentially the greatest WrestleMania ever. To tell one of the best stories of the modern era in WWE with a guy that he probably has professional jealousy with, with a guy that he probably has real-life hatred for. I don't know. That's pretty powerful, man. That's pretty fucking powerful. It's a shame that the Young Bucks couldn't put their jealousy to the side to do business and make money. At the end of the day, they didn't really give a shit about AEW. They didn't. They wanted you to think, oh, yeah, we're saving AEW from this guy. No, no, no. No, all all you're doing is showing us how petty you are and how selfish you are. It was about Matt and Nick Jackson. It was about Adam Page. It was about Jack Perry and everybody else involved. Meanwhile, Tony Khan saw what CM Punk could realistically do for the company to make the company better, to make the company more money. Granted, Tony Khan wasn't a boss. He was more of a fan. But Tony Khan knew exactly what he had, and Punk chose Punk over the elite. They didn't like that, and they found it to be something that hurt their feelings, and they couldn't get over that. So instead of making money, it's now a huge black eye for the company that they will never recover from, and they missed out on making mega money to tell a great story to take what happened at All Out and make it into a legit thing, they lost out on that. Now, what WWE did is take AEW's loss and will gain so much from it. And AEW looks like a bunch of fucking amateurs. Just a terrible situation. It's a terrible situation. Rollins basically told him, I hate you. He said if he's going to be a part of WWE again, then he wants him on Raw. This was my favorite part of the whole thing. I want you on Raw. If if you're going to be with the WWE, I want you on Raw. Why would he want him on Raw? He said the truth always comes out. He told CM Punk, everyone knows this is your last chance. He said either he's going to expose himself or self-destruct like he always does. He said he'd be the first person in the back to slam the door shut on his legacy. So he wants him on Raw because he wants to see him expose himself or self-destruct, whichever comes first, maybe both. And he wants to be there with CM Punk on the same show he's on so when Punk fucks up, He can slam the door and kick him out of the fucking company for good forever. Or if by some miracle he has changed and he's got any gas left in the tank, maybe one day CM Punk will be lucky enough to stand across the ring from me and fight me for the World Heavyweight Championship. And then I will expose you for the fraud that you are. I will show you that there are levels to this and wrestle circles around you and show you in real time what it means to be the best 
in the world. CM Punk chants rang out after Rollins said that to Punk. Punk asked for a microphone. I'm like, yes. Punk has got a microphone in his hands. Grabs a microphone. He gets up face-to-face with Seth Rollins. He asks, are you done yet? That's your one pass to stand here and speak to me disrespectfully without me coming after you. He says he has never asked for anything to be handed to him, and he's always insisted stubbornly on doing things the hard way. He asked where Pierce went. He's looking for Adam Pierce. He said he wanted to make it official. I'm entering the Royal Rumble, and when I win it, maybe it'll be Seth and the World Heavyweight Championship that I'm going after. He dropped the mic and left. Seth Rollins was fantastic here. Seth Rollins was fantastic. The I'm home comment and the comparisons between Adam Page and AEW, comparing it to Seth Rollins and WWE, though it mirrored what was said on AEW television, that cannot be unseen or unheard. It made sense there. They all worked with him before AEW. They all had a professional relationship with him before AEW, just like Rollins did. Rollins was there when Punk walked out. Both made sense. But in the grand scheme of things, where you ask yourself, what is Paige talking about? Why are they doing this? Why are they going so far off the script to sell this as a fucking shoot? Because it was. There was no order in that company. A lot of what was said is coming back at the fans and the fans are asking, well, what the fuck was being said there? Why was that said? Why did that happen? It doesn't make sense. Meanwhile, Seth Rollins, he basically gave you the material. The material was right there. It made logical sense. And it all works because this is the story that Rollins is telling with Punk. Rollins did the same thing with Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes left. He started a rival promotion. Basically, Cody came back home. Meanwhile, Rollins was upset that Cody came back to steal his thunder. He didn't want him there. You went to go start another rival promotion and take food off my fucking family's table. It's basically the same thing. You did what you did over there, running us down, shortchanging us, yada, yada, yada. Rollins said the same thing to Cody as he said to Punk tonight. Rollins said the same thing to Punk as Adam Page said to Punk in AEW. The world goes round and round. CM Punk's got a lot of problems and a lot of issues with a lot of different people, and they're all very similar to what Rollins is talking about. CM Punk has burned a lot of bridges. CM Punk is explaining where Rollins stands in this case and what CM Punk has done wrong. Calling him out for his hypocrisy. Rollins stood up to CM Punk and said exactly what he needed to say. The 
the whole I'm home thing, Punk has really rolled that wave. He's really nailed that notion home. It was only right for Seth Rollins to come out tonight and really kind of pinpoint the I'm home comment. So, yeah, it made sense in the grand scheme of the story that they're telling. Rollins looked fantastic. Rollins sounded fantastic. Rollins, for the first time all year, minus the fucking flamboyance and the cringy character and the fucking outfits and the stupid glasses and the goddamn sing-alongs, he looked like a fucking world champion tonight. Rollins looked and sounded like a number one. Rollins looked and sounded like the man. He looked and sounded like this was indeed his show, that he was the fucking final boss in that locker room. You go through me. Rollins has been missing that for a long time. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to put it. Rollins is a great wrestler. He is a Hall of Famer. He has done excellent with this world championship. Time and time and time again, Rollins has gotten to a point where he doesn't feel exciting anymore. In 2024, you are going to see. It starts from this. No matter what he feels about CM Punk, no matter what he thinks about CM Punk, no matter how they dislike each other, you cannot take away from the fucking fact that you are about to see the best version of Seth Rollins in the history of Seth Rollins. And there's a reason why you're going to be seeing the best version of Seth Rollins. It's not because he's the world champion It's not because he's a great promo when he wants to be a great promo. You're about to see the best Seth Rollins in the history of Seth Rollins because of CM Punk. No matter what their story is, no matter how real it is, no matter how much of it they want to script to come off as a legit shoot, the reason why this is going to work so brilliantly is because there is real life fucking disdain here. And for the betterment of the company, for the betterment of WrestleMania, for the betterment of Monday Night Raw... They're going to tell this story and take real-life instance and make it into a fucking cinema. That's what they're going to do. And that's where AEW shows itself as being Bush League and WWE is now reaping the benefits. WWE's gain, AEW's loss. And I'm here for all of it. I don't give a fuck about tribalism. I don't give a shit about... AEW, I don't give a shit about who cut a better promo, Adam Page and Seth Rollins. I don't give a shit. None of it matters. It made sense there. It was great there. Rollins cut a great promo tonight. It was a fantastic segment tonight. And it's going to be one hell of a fucking angle on WWE TV. We enjoyed it there. We enjoy it here. We move on. We get a WrestleMania main event that will probably have more interest going into it than Cody and Roman. I'm here for it. The only thing I ask, the only thing I ask, and I mean this wholeheartedly, 
is for WWE to loosen the fucking handcuffs. That's all I want. Typically, WWE, when we get into these situations, they don't know how to have fun. They don't know how to let it just be. If Punk and Rollins have a real-life disdain for each other, and you're creating this angle out of real-life aspects and real-life disdain, don't try and force it to come off so robotic. Just let it be. Let them go out there and throw bombs. Let them go out there and throw as many fucking punches as possible. Do not neuter them. Do not hold back. Do not fucking give me 50%. Do not give me 75%. Do not give me 98%. Send Punk, send Rollins out there and let them fucking fling shit at each other. Do not try and hide any aspect of what these guys are doing. So many times over my fucking years of watching the WWE product have we gotten something like this and it never comes off the way that it should. Punk should not be neutered. This is the first time Seth Rollins in years has been allowed to be the fucking leader that he claims to be. Do not hide him behind scripted bullshit. Do not hide behind fucking CM Punk being half-assed punk. Do not do it. People will see right through that. You need to continue building intrigue week after week after week after week, and it needs to be coded in realism. Don't. The more real it feels, the better the match will be the more impactful the outcome will be at WrestleMania. No matter if Punk wins the world championship or if Rollins retains the world championship. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. The WWE is PG. This feud needs to be TV 14. Shit needs to be said. And there needs to be physicality that we've never seen before from Seth Rollins and CM Punk on WWE television. That's all I ask. This was a tremendous segment. If you didn't like this segment, go back and rewatch it and fucking program yourself to understand why this is going to be the change that WWE needs. Everybody asks, well, why are you putting CM Punk and his past behind you? He's a hypocrite. I can't stand for him. Blah, blah, blah. He's going to come in and do this. And meanwhile, he said these things all these years ago. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about your feelings for punk. I don't care how you look at him or view him. I don't care. I'm a fan of CM Punk. I want the fucking recklessness. I want the chaos. I want the fucking guy that doesn't give a flying fuck about anything. I'm not laying my head down at night. I didn't say those things 10 years ago. Neither did you. Why the fuck do you care what a man did 10 years ago? Why don't you think a man can change? Is he changed? Who gives a shit? If he's changed, let the man change. 
I'm here to be entertained. I'm here to watch someone who's fucking great at what he does in CM Punk wrestle and tell a story with someone who is great at what he does in Seth Rollins. That's all I care about. That's all I care about. When CM Punk is on TV, the show is better. When CM Punk is on the microphone, we stop what we're doing and we listen. When CM Punk is in a match, we stop what we're doing and we watch. And he tells a story better than anybody. When CM Punk is in the title of a video, it gets clicks, it gets views, and the interest is more than any other time I put anybody else in the title. Plain and simple, look at the raw reviews now compared to what they were before Punk showed up. We make money off Punk. Punk makes money by being on WWE TV. The world goes round and round. And you know what we get for it? We get the best at what he does doing. What he does for WWE making the product better. So why aren't you for that? It's AEW who fucked up. They couldn't put their differences aside and they couldn't be fucking mature. They couldn't be men. They wanted to be bitches and pussies. Money now flushed down the toilet. Money that Rollins and Punk and WWE are going to make. The only ones that should be bothered with this are AEW. Not you, not Punk, not Rollins, not WWE. AEW. Shame on them. Excellent promo. Guys, we're going to get into the second half of this show. I want to kick it to my sponsor for tonight's show. We are sponsored tonight by my great friends over at Factor. Factor sponsoring the show tonight, and I know you guys are like me, man. You guys want to sit here and make content. You want to continue to grind out those long, arduous gaming sessions. You get caught up in the day, and you don't take care of yourself. Factor is going to take care of all that. I've been on Factor for the last two months. I absolutely love it. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Factor. Guys, the Christmas season is upon us, and it's the busiest time of the year, the most stressful time of the year. And sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves because we're always thinking about everybody else. Stop. Stop and make sure your body is properly fueled. Stop and make sure you guys have a nice, nutritious meal so that whatever is on Santa Claus's list, you're going to be able to get done. I got something for you today as the podcast is sponsored by Factor. Their gourmet chefs are going to create each meal using only ingredients with integrity to help you feel your best all day long. 
Be honest with me, guys. How many of you actually enjoy going to the supermarket, especially during the holiday season? You don't have to worry about that with Factor. Cross meal prepping off your lists this holiday season with Factor. Skip the meal planning, skip the grocery shopping, the shopping, the prepping, and the cleaning up, and get Factor's never frozen meals fresh delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Treat yourself to high-quality, delicious meals over the holidays. Choose from 35-plus chef-crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your personal meal preferences, whether it's calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, protein-plus, and more wholesome options. And if you guys are looking for calorie-conscious options over the holiday season that doesn't skimp on the flavor, try delicious dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Or if you guys need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best during the holiday season, you can try the Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. And let me tell you something, man. Factor is just not for dinner. Count on extra convenience any time of the day with an assortment of 55-plus add-ons to suit a variety of preferences and tastes. You can choose from quick breakfast items, lunch to go, grab-and-go snacks, and my personal favorite, I have them every morning, and on my way to the gym, the ready to drink cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. So make sure you guys head to Factor75.com or click the link below and use my code JDFROMNY50 and get 50% off your first Factor box. Once again, that is Factor75.com. Click the link and use my code JDFROMNY50. And I want to thank Factor for once again sponsoring the podcast right here on Off The Script. Man, I want to thank Factor for sponsoring the show tonight. Go and check them out, man. Factor75.com. Use that promo code JD from NY50 to save 50% off your first box. Make sure you guys go and check that out. Bronson Reed and Ivar was the next match. Oh, my goodness, man. You talk about two guys who are absolutely just beefy, meaty guys going at it. You talk about two big bulls. This was fucking great, man. It went eight minutes, and these guys did shit in the eight minutes that made you say, whoa, love it. Absolutely loved it. Love to see more between these two. And the thing is, they both want Gunther. Bronson Reed wants another shot at Gunther. Ivar wants a shot at Gunther. And who's going to get that shot at Gunther? That's what this match was about. So it went eight minutes, and this was great for the eight minutes that it was. So Reed, at one point in the match, standing outside the ring... Ivar hit a cannonball off the top, which looked fucking ridiculous for Ivar. Splat on the outside. Then they are going back in the ring. They battled up top. Bronson Reed hit a superplex, which got a big pop from the crowd. They were big time into it. And that was basically it. Reed avoided a corner splash. Ivar clotheslined him off the ring apron. 
Ivar climbed to the top rope, left off with a somersault onto Reed. Reed knocked Ivar off balance on the top rope, headbutted him, and suplexed Ivar to the mat and scored a 1-2-3. Bronson Reed wins in eight minutes. I would have loved to see this go longer than eight minutes. Honestly. Hopefully we get a rematch at some point between these two. I think Ivar is really coming into his own as a single on the show. And this is the type of shit that's going to get both of these guys over. I know Bronson Reed has had a very slow climb, especially with the audience getting behind him. Ivar has killed it the last few months. More shit like this is what is going to get both of these guys over on Monday Night Raw. Good stuff here. Bronson Reed wins in eight minutes. Looking like Bronson Reed may get another shot at Gunther in the near future for that IC title. Backstage, Punk approached the Judgment Day. He asked, where's Rhea? Priest welcomes him to Monday Night Raw. He says that the Judgment Day run Monday Night Raw. He says he hopes he's the guy who finishes his story around here because he'll be waiting with the money in the bank briefcase. So CM Punk not only was confronted by Rollins, he now has a run-in with the Judgment Day. Being that he's the new guy on Monday Night Raw, I'm assuming he has to basically uh, get initiated by the Judgment Day. Out comes the Judgment Day. Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and J.D. McNugget makes his way to the ring, or makes their way to the ring. Priest stood in the middle of the ring and asked everybody to rise for Judgment Day because they need to remind everyone who they are. Balor said he told people to step up, step up and get put down. Priest says it doesn't matter who you are, including a returning superstar, <coughs> punk, or new superstars. You're officially put on notice. So that includes the creeds. When Dominic began to speak, the boos were loud and he didn't really get to say much of anything. R-Truth walked out with these Christmas lights he's been carrying around. He asked why he wasn't invited to their holiday party. So J.D. McSkillet said they're not having a holiday party, but if they were, he wouldn't be invited. Priest told McDonough, listen, listen, calm down. Priest then told Truth to come into the ring. I'm very curious to see what you have to say. So he allowed R-Truth to basically express himself here. R-Truth said, well, first of all, I I think we need to kick J.D. McFish out of Judgment Day. Fans left, and J.D. was not uh, too pleased as he tried to attack R-Truth. Dominic held him back. R-Truth said, well, nobody likes him. R-Truth then told Priest to stop calling himself the boss. He says, listen, I like that you're the boss. I think you're a great boss. But Rhea Ripley gets angry when you say that. Priest says, listen, I understand why people in the locker room like you, are truth I get it, you're a funny guy. Everybody loves our truth except for me, says Priest. He clotheslines Truth down. They all then stomp on him. The Creeds charged out and made the save. Julius overhead suplexed both Dom and J.D. McDouble on the outside. He then dropkicked Balor off the ring apron. Priest set up a south of heaven on both creeds, which was going to be a very tall task for him in general, but they broke free and slammed him down to the mat. 
and Damian Priest retreated. It's looking more and more like the Creed's are going to take those titles off of the Judgment Day. At this point, I don't really even give a shit about the Judgment Day being tag team champions. If it puts the Creed's over and puts them on the map, I'm all for it. Backstage, Drew McIntyre confronted CM Punk. Drew told Punk he doesn't care about his story. He doesn't care about Cody's story. Pierce was standing there and he told him they need to figure out how to finish his story. McIntyre's story. Drew left. Punk asked Pierce, what did I do? What did I do? He didn't do anything. Pierce says he thought he'd be happy since he granted him a title match against Seth at the day one edition of Raw. So there you go. Seth versus Drew, World Heavyweight Championship, rematch from Crown Jewel. I'm assuming that we get some sort of fuckery, which leads to a rematch at the Royal Rumble. Kofi Kingston walked up to CM Punk, all smiles, said that he was happy that he's back. Chad Gable and Ricochet were with him. Punk shook Kofi's hand, happy to see him. He looked at Chad Gable. I heard a lot of great things about you. He looked at Ricochet. He told Ricochet, I hear you're awful at video games. But guys, I'll be back later. I got to go over here, take care of business. Pierce told them that, listen, I have an idea. He told Kofi, Chad Gable, and Ricochet that he has an idea for them, and it involves the Intercontinental Championship. What does that mean? I don't know, man. That day one edition of Monday Night Raw is shaping up to be one hell of a show. If that is going to lead to one of these guys getting an IC title match. Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Tag team match here against Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. Went three minutes. Really not much to it. But my girls here, Katana Chance and Caden Carter, get the win with their double-team move, which they call the after-party. Carter held LeRae for a neckbreaker. His chance at a 450 splash for the pinfall. They call it the after-party. One, two, three. And Katana Chance, along with Caden Carter, get the victory. They are eyeing those tag team championships. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven were on commentary. And the ladies are going to be battling it out over the tag team championships. If Caden Carter and Katana Chance do not win the tag team titles, I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Now, the tag team division in the women's division is non-existent. But at least give the championships to your only legit tag team and let them carry the flag. Seriously. They did it in NXT. Let's try it on the main roster. I think they'll be better off for it, those tag team titles. Becky Lynch walked through the back. Nikki Cross was shown standing in the background. I don't know what she's doing. We haven't seen her in a few weeks. Last time we saw her, she was just mind-numbingly just zombified, looking looking out into the distance. I don't know what they're doing with Nikki Cross, but... That could be a tease for a Becky Lynch, Nikki Cross match in the future. Maybe. Becky Lynch is out, and she is out there to cut a promo on Nia Snorlax because Nia Jax puts us to sleep. That's the only reason why I call her Nia Snorlax. Not because of her size or anything, but because Nia Jax puts the audience to sleep. 
I mean, can you blame me? Nia Jax is awful. I don't know what we're doing here. Why is she on the show? Why does she continue to get segments? I don't get it. Lynch wanted to cut a promo and call out Nia Jax. They've never gone one-on-one, but they've linked together for the past five years. She aired the clip of Jax punching her in the face back in 2018, breaking her nose. Lynch said it may be petty to bring this up now, but damn it, I'm petty. Lynch said everyone she faces has tried to use that moment as a burn against her, but it was time that they got to the root of the problem. Lynch and Jax kept missing each other since it happened. Lynch went on to main event WrestleMania. Nia Jax had double ACL surgery because she was a woman so unlikable that even her knees would not stand up for her. That was actually kind of funny. I actually LOL'd at that line. Becky Lynch had a child. Nia Jax got fired, but it was 2023, and now they are both employed by the same company once again. Nia Jax saunters down to the ring. Jax gets in the ring, and she admitted her punch was like a lucky swing, a lucky swing that almost ended Becky Lynch's career. Imagine what would happen if she punched her with full force. Everyone was mad that she broke Becky Lynch's face, but it was a contact sport. What are we doing? I mean, are we, are we playing Uno? Are, are we playing Pokemon card? What are we doing? You broke the woman's face. Everybody was mad. Okay. It's professional wrestling. Shit happens. Becky Lynch said she didn't expect anything less. Everyone knew that Jax was the most dangerous woman in the ring. That's a shoot. Everyone who's been in the ring with her has been injured or hospitalized or almost had their careers ended. Another shoot. Jack said that's why Becky Lynch couldn't stop talking about her in the two years she's been gone. Jack's almost, I can guarantee you that nobody mentioned Nia Jax while she was gone. Nobody. Jack's almost ended careers while Lynch should be thanking Jax for her career. Boy, Nia is very delusional, huh? Lynch said, if it was only about a broken face, then the fans would have moved on from her as soon as her blood dried. This was about dusting yourself off and fighting like hell. That's what she's done her whole life. What she did that night and what she's done ever since. Lynch said Jax and her minions tried to claim she wasn't a main event star, but she proved them wrong. And now all Jax can claim is that Becky Lynch was only a main event star because of her. That is a lie. And if she couldn't end that lie, she needed to end Nia Jax. Jax said Lynch needed to prove that she was about more than one that night. More than that, that night. Otherwise, Jax would always be the woman who made the man. Lynch said she didn't come to Cleveland to talk. She came to Cleveland to fight. Becky Lynch dropped the microphone and offered Nia Jax a free shot. Jax said Lynch needed this more than she did, and she left. 
When I tell you the crowd went mild for this promo back and forth, the crowd went mild. The crowd was basically Snorlax. That's exactly what the crowd was in Cleveland. Nobody gave a shit about this. Nobody asked for Nia Jax, Becky Lynch feud. Nobody wants to see these two ladies fight. Not one single living, breathing, blood flowing through your body, human being. Nobody wants to see this match. Nia Jax is terrible. She's offered no value to the women's division. She's done nothing to enhance the division. And meanwhile, we are basically here biding our time before Becky gets into something a little bit more serious going into WrestleMania season. And we, and we the fans, have to be subjected to pure garbage. I mean, I get that they want to tell the story from five years ago, but... Holy shit. Is this the best we got? This can't be the best that they have. The quicker we move on from this, the better. Nobody gives a shit. And the crowd silence and the crowd uh, being lethargic during this says it all. Jackie Redmond interviewed Cody Rhodes. Redmond asked about Punk. Cody Rhodes congratulated Pierce on getting it done and was glad Punk and the fans were happy. But the rumble was right around the corner and you can't finish two stories at once and they are both aware of that. Great. So we finish Punk's story in the rumble and we finish Cody's story in the chamber and they both get to finish their stories at WrestleMania. Great. There could be an author and a co-author for WrestleMania. We don't need to have one guy finish their story and the other not. Redman then asked about Nakamura. Rhodes would be excited about this encounter, if not for Nakamura using the mist. Rhodes learned how vicious he was, and that was fine with him. Rhodes said Nakamura claimed he asked for this, and you're damn right I did. Six-man tag team match. Miz, Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny Gargano against Imperium. Giovanni Vinci, Ludwig Kaiser, and Gunther. This was fun. I thought this was a very good tag team match, six-man tag team match. And they announced that this would be a mystery partner for Gargano and Ciampa. And I called it out because Miz lives in Cleveland or is from Cleveland, billed from Cleveland, now living in Los Angeles, California, because he's too good to live in Cleveland. And Miz is a uh, babyface feuding with Imperium, so it only made sense that Gargano and Champa teamed with Mike Mizanin. This was good stuff. So DIY were being beat down. Gargano got a big-time reaction in Cleveland. Gargano made the hot tag after a commercial break before tagging in The Miz, who wanted to get his hands on the IC champion, Gunther. Miz threw some big bombs at Gunther, hit a springboard crossbody. Miz hit the... I hate calling them the it kicks. They're basically the yes kicks from Brian Danielson that he constantly steals. Gunther blocked one and smashed him with an overhand shot, which sounded fucking ridiculous. Gunther then transitioned quickly into a Boston Crab. Champa broke it up with a knee strike. Kaiser and Vinci took out Champa before Miz and Gargano each hit Kaiser and Vinci with tilt-a-whirl DDTs. 
But Miz has been riding that Tilt-A-Whirl DDT ever since people were like, oh my God, the Miz hits a Tilt-A-Whirl DDT. He doesn't stop doing it now. The Miz is still a trash wrestler. Tilt-A-Whirl DDT or not. Miz put Gunther in a figure four while Gargano put Kaiser in a Gargano escape. But Gunther managed to tag out. Finchie hit a springboard elbow, which looked great. But Miz fought back and hit a skull-crushing finale for the win. Crowd was really into this. Good stuff. Miz got in there. He was over. Gargano was over. DIY was over. They're slowly getting over on the main roster. Love to see it. But man, oh man, I don't believe we got to suffer through another Imperium loss. In this case, Giovanni Vinci losing again because Mike Mizanin needed to win in his hometown. I don't like it. Great match, but can we get Imperium to look decent, please? I mean, nobody, and I mean absolutely nobody, should be losing to the Miz. Gunther, backstage after the match, he was berating his guys for losing. Miz confronted Gunther. Miz wanted an IC title match. Gunther accepted under one condition. If Miz lost... He couldn't challenge for the title again as long as Gunther was the Intercontinental Champion. Miz accepted. Miz is not beating Gunther. So you guys can put that to bed. If you are worried that the Miz will take the title off of Gunther and end the reign, if WWE ends the reign of Gunther and the Miz is the recipient of that, I, I will travel to the new WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut, and I will march into the building and I will throw a lot of F-words around. Seriously. Miz is not beating Gunther. There's no way. I don't think anybody has anything to worry about. It's either going to beat Shad Gable or, or nobody, really. Nobody. Maybe we get the title dropped off of Gunther before WrestleMania. It looks like with the way things are playing out, Punk will get Rollins, Cody will get Roman, Gunther will get Lesnar at WrestleMania. That's just the way I see it playing out. Main event, Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke Nakamura. 18 minutes. 18 minutes. I mean, I was kind of blah for this match. I don't really... I Listen, I, I mean, the build-up to it was, uh, I, I think, better than the actual match. And I feel like with Cody, he's going to need... Uh, he's going to need something to do before WrestleMania. I get it. But I didn't really felt like this match hit. For me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe it's just me. I thought it was boring. I thought it was boring. I, I, I don't know. But the post-match attack during this was actually a lot better than the actual match. Cody was on the defensive for a lot of this. Nakamura maintained control after an early commercial break. Rhodes started to come back. He was quickly cut off by Nakamura. He countered a Cody cutter into an arm bar. Rhodes got a rope break on the arm bar, which made Nakamura follow up with a sliding German suplex that he usually does. 
Flying knee strike, followed. Goes for cover, gets a two count. Nakamura went for Kinshasa, but Rhodes kicked his leg out and followed with consecutive dragon screws. One in between the ropes. Rhodes hit a reversal a vertical suplex, applied a single leg Boston Crab, but Nakamura got the rope break. Rhodes hit a suicide dive, which led to another commercial break. So we come back from commercial break. Rhodes and Nakamura are trading strikes. Rhodes hits a power slam. Nakamura applied a sleeper. Rhodes broke out of it, goes to the springboard disaster kick, gets a two count. Rhodes followed with some punches, hits the big bionic elbow, hits the Cody cutter. Rhodes set up for crossroads. Nakamura slipped out. Sprayed red mist in Cody's face right in front of the referee. Instant DQ, and Cody wins by disqualification. Rhodes tried to fight back. He wasn't able to see, but he was trying to fight back anyway. Nakamura kicked his leg out from behind him and hit a Kinshasa while Cody was blinded by the mist. Nakamura grabbed the chair. He was about to do a lot worse. And then all of a sudden, the Creed brothers ran out to make the save. Nakamura left. So officials are helping Rhodes up to his feet. They are giving him a towel, wiping him off, getting the mist out of his eyes. Nakamura ran back down and flew down the aisleway and nailed Cody with a Kinshasa. The Creed's... And the referees and the officials looked on as Nakamura walked away. So Nakamura, he looks strong, getting himself instantly disqualified here, which is going to lead to another match. I'm assuming this is going to lead to some sort of gimmick match. I would have had, listen, I would have had Nakamura beat Cody Rhodes by cheating to win. Again, WWE is just afraid to beat Cody. Cody's going to eventually be in the main event of WrestleMania. He, he, he can afford a loss. Nakamura is the one you need to build up, right? I would have had him cheat and beat Cody Rhodes tonight. They opted to go the DQ route. Nobody was pinned. Nakamura looks strong in the post-match attack. We'll get another match, and then Cody will win. And again, I ask, what good does that do, Shinsuke Nakamura? It does no good. Now, the one thing that a lot of people were confused by here is the creeds. The creeds seemingly uh, saved our truth and the creeds saved Cody Rhodes. Now, what do the creeds have to do with Cody Rhodes? The answer is nothing. But it should signal to you what WWE thinks and feels about the Creed brothers. If they're pairing him with Cody Rhodes, that means that WWE is now either further even further accelerating the build and the push of the creeds. Because if they, if they align the creeds with Cody, then that means they have high hopes for the creeds to get over. And they want them as over as possible if they are going to lead the tag team division as its champions. Maybe they use Cody to help get the creeds to the next level. I don't know. I don't know. We will see what happens there. It did feel a little random, but it may actually work out in the Creed's favor if they are aligned with Cody at some point to help them get to the next level. Because Cody is obviously Cody. He's the biggest baby face outside CM Punk on the show. He may be more than CM Punk, but having Cody's uh, backing and the rub off of Cody... 
can't help the uh, can't help uh, but do good for the Creed. So, all in all, this was a great Monday Night Raw. I, I enjoyed a lot of this show. I thought the CM Punk Seth Rollins stuff was fantastic, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to what WWE's cooking on that first show in January. Man, that is going to be a banger, banger show. So WWE is absolutely cooking on Monday night. And like I said in the beginning, I think WWE right now with Monday Night Raw has their best weekly show out of all three shows. No doubt about it. Guys, thank you for all the support on today's Monday Night Raw post show. If you enjoyed today's video, please get those thumbs up in. We need 38 more likes for 1,000. Get those super chats in. Last call. Show your support by getting those Super Chats in. Memberships are open. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. And check out tonight's sponsor, Factor. www.factor75.com you guys are going to use that code JD from NY50 to save 50% off your first box. Who was the first in line outside the venue tonight? And that is Michelle Moran with the $2 Super Chat. Punk and Rollins was fire. Is it WrestleMania yet? Can't wait. Michael Krause with the $2 Super Chat. What's up from Walla Walla? Hope all is well, my friend. Michael, thank you, brother. Black Wolf Inc. with the $10 Super Chat. That promo got my blood pumping, and it was littered with Easter eggs towards Punk's past. Rollins even saying, I will protect this place from you, tells me that AEW has been woven into the storyline. Or... Hear me out here, or he's just calling back to Punk's past where he walked out of the WWE and talked shit about WWE for the last 10 years. Trey, the trillest with eight months. Been a great eight months, JD, and we are just getting started. Keep killing it. Thank you, Trey. Black Wolf Inc. with a $5 Super Chat. I am a jazz and hip-hop guy, but I do have love for rock and heavy metal music. However, the stuff that... The, however, I like stuff like Disturbed, Haunted, and Corn coming undone. Any suggestions? I mean, you like Disturbed, Corn. I mean, if you want to stick with that same genre of music, you can go Slipknot. You can go Avenge Sevenfold, early Avenge Sevenfold, not the new shit, but um, some of the music that I personally like is not everybody's cup of coffee. I like more progressive, more power metal. Uh, Skinner with three months. To be honest, only half of Raw was good. Sorry to disagree, but I cringe when they put Nia and Becky on TV together. Please end this feud yesterday. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, it was awful. 
Skinner. 199. Congrats on the new Mustang, by the way. Clean and fire. Thank you, brother. Black Wolf Inc. with a $5 super chat. Do you think Rollins is going to throw back Punk's line? Go main event night one of a buy one, get one free extravaganza. I'm loving this. And it just began. I would hope that they call back to some of the things that Punk said. Like that. MGM balling with 25 months. Thank you for entertaining us wherever you may be. Yeah. Let's say that in the intro. OTS forever. Thank you, balling. Sean Ray J with a $5 super chat. The women's division is looking rough. Rhea needs the Becky and Liv feuds bad. Her run has been tough to watch, even though she's over. Bro, I know a lot of people are predicting Liv Morgan to come back and win the Royal Rumble, man. I would be fucking floored if they go with Liv Morgan over Becky Lynch in one of the women's championship matches at WrestleMania. I don't think that's going to happen. Skinner with a 199. Drinking a Pepsi right now. Punk reference, huh? Sorry. LOL. Omega Con with a $20 super chat. Honestly, in my opinion, anybody that questions you in any capacity should be banned for life. I'm only showing love to the OTS VIP members. Everyone else... Catch the F up. Hashtag Savage Mode. OTS forever. I don't like when people question me, man. Do not ever question me. If I like something, it is because it was a good show. If I didn't like something, that means it was a terrible show. I don't understand why people find it to be foreign that I now like a WWE Raw episode. I've praised Raw largely for the last year. I don't understand you. This is not Vince McMahon's WWE anymore. This is a Triple H run WWE. Get with the program. Not everything he does is perfect. It's still not a perfect show. But is it better than what we were getting? Absolutely. Hush. With a $5 super chat. Still feels weird and surreal. Still talking about a CM Punk feud on a Monday Night Raw post show. Nonetheless, great show tonight. Thank you, Hush. I still find it to be fucking Twilight Zone every time I see CM Punk on WWE television. Little Willie with a 999. My birthday was today, and all I can say is what a great promo that was by CM Punk and Rollins. What a great birthday present. Papa H continuing to cook as usual. Triple H, man, what he's cooking in the kitchen is usually very good. Clone Force with a 499 and a 199. Have Jimmy eliminate Jay in the Rumble, and on Raw, Jimmy costs Jay a spot in the chamber and point. Jay gets upset and asks Adam Pierce to trade Cody for Jimmy. No. Cody's going to go to SmackDown by winning the chamber. Also with a 199, Punk wins Rumble, Cody wins the Elimination Chamber. Yes. Omega Con with a $5 super chat. Moral of the story, business over feelings. If AEW dies, this moment shows why. Seth showed Tony and the Elite they messed up forever. 
Willem Hendrick Fullard with 36 months. Oh, my goodness. That title belt looks good on you, brother. Go, JD, my brother. We'll always support you. You are my IWC Tribal Chief. Thank you, man. 36 months looks good on you. Don Parker with a $5 Super Chat. Things I'm looking forward to. The Summer of Punk, Orton Hill turn, and what they do next week. Gunther Happy, Vince is gone. We hope JD rules. Thank you, Don Parker. Lewan with a $9.99. Do you think Damian Priest will cash his money in the bank on Cody at Mania or during his match with Roman, winning the title on night two? Love the show. Love what you're doing. OTS for life. Damian Priest will not do either of those things and will fail a cash. Priest versus Balor is their match at WrestleMania. Fixes a bind with 14 months. Thank you, brother. This may be a dumb question, but how does Rollins hate punk, punk so much? What's the top reasons? I mean, he laid them out tonight, man. Punk's behavior basically is the reason for Rollins' hatred. Noah Tacon with 17 months. Hope you have a great holiday season, JD. All love. Thank you, Noah. Justin with 16 months. When do you think Priest Cash is in his contract? Also, keep up the great work, bro. I love every opinion you have on the world of wrestling. Hashtag OTS for life. We could see it at the Royal Rumble. Maybe at the Royal Rumble. Sham World. 14 months. Honestly, I don't want neither Punk or Rollins as world champion. I hope Priest cashes in at the Raw after Mania and takes the title off whoever wins. Damian Priest is not becoming the world champion. I would be shocked if that happens. Broken Trey. New membership. Broken Trey. Thank you, brother. What the fuck are you drinking tonight, man? Delightful entertainment with the 199. The Creed's coming out for Cody made no sense. It didn't. Maybe we'll get that sense next week. I have no idea. Constantine with a $5 super chat. Punk run was short in AEW due to lack of leadership and EVPs. His initial WWE run was 10 years plus. Broken Trey with a 199. Was at the show live tonight. How did the crowd sound? I thought you guys sounded pretty decent. Except for the women's matches. You guys were dead. Delightful entertainment with the 199. Caring about Punk being a hypocrite is just weird. People need something to uh, to uh, care about. They have no life, no hobbies, no friends. Armando with the nine months. CM Punk back at WWE is going to make this WrestleMania season so freaking good. Keep it up, JD. OTS, best podcast, and awesome Dark Horse. Thank you, man. Dr. Evil Genius, Beefy Meaty Guys, Big Bull, pause with the 199. I'm sorry, bro. I mean, at least I didn't say the Beefy Meaty Guys were up my alley. Pause. Dakota, new membership. Thank you, Dakota. 20-minute promo, 10 months. Rollins wants to prove that Punk hasn't changed, so he used the same line that broke Punk in AEW to poke the bear and prove himself right. Brilliant. 
promo. Comment of the night. Love it. Will Shizen with a $5 super chat. If Triple H gets Punk, Mercedes, and maybe Julia, how bad would Tony Khan look? If Tony loses out on Mercedes, that's a terrible look for AEW. Terrible look. And shows that AEW is truly not the alternative. I'm the alternative to all the bullshit, copy and paste merchants, to all the fucking other content creators that are afraid to voice their own opinion and simply read super chats during their live streams because they have no fucking personality. Thank you guys very much for all your support, man. We're getting out of here, Drew. And myself will be live tomorrow night for TNT. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206 on X, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Today's extra was great. Go check it out. Hit that thumbs up. We hit 1,000 likes. Thank you guys for the super chats. Go check out my sponsor for tonight's show, Factor. Factor.com or Factor75.com. Sorry, Factor75.com. JD from NY50. At checkout, use that promo code, get 50% off your first box. And until then, guys, more news right here on OTS, and I'll be live with Andrew Baydala tomorrow night for TNT, Tuesday Night Titans, right here on Off the Script. I'll leave you guys with the beautiful sounds of Herman Lee, Mark Hudson, and the rest of Dragon Force. Until tomorrow night, I'll see you guys later. Stand. Passed out, there was no warning. Wait for the outstretched hand. My soul will